0: How can believers effectively communicate with God? Join us for our next edition of Antioch Everywhere. I'm Dwayne Hawkins, your host and pastor of Antioch. Thanks for joining us. Today we're going to talk about prayer its definition, motivations, the role of the Trinity in prayer, guiding principles. And finally, the results of prayer. But before we get started, today's a good day to pause for some praise. So, what is prayer? My simple definition for prayer is communication with God. Let's break that down. Communication. Communication can be defined as the transfer of information from one person to another. In order for communication to take place, you need a sender, you need a message, and you need a recipient. There are four main channels of communication. Communication can be verbal. It can be nonverbal. It can be written or it can be visual. So imagine when it comes to the topic of prayer, that our prayers can be both verbal prayers, nonverbal prayers, written prayers, or visual prayers. That's the communication. But the definition is communication with God. So that tiny preposition with implies in relation to. And when it comes to the topic of prayer, that helps us to understand that It's not just communication to God, which would be one way communication, but it is actually communication with God, which means communication goes in both directions us toward God, as well as God toward us. The third part of the definition communication with God, that we actually have the opportunity to transfer information with the God of the universe. The God of creation, the God of redemption, the all knowing, all powerful, all present God. Prayer is simply put communication with God. Next, I want to deal with a simple question why should we pray? What should be our motivation for prayer? You can find a lot of information on the topic of motivation or reasons that Christians should engage in communication with God, I really want to make it as simple as I possibly can, and I just want to share two primary reasons why we should pray. We pray because of us, and then we pray because of God. Let me explain. Because of us. We communicate with God because we need understanding, because we need wisdom, We are in need of guidance, uh, confession and forgiveness, intercession, feelings, thoughts, actions. We need God's help. We often pray because of us. But the motivation for prayer should not be only because of us. It should also be because of God. We pray in order to be obedient to God. We pray to give thanksgiving God. We pray to praise God, to draw closer to God, to understand his ways. How much of your prayers are motivated because of you? How much of your prayers are motivated because of God? So we've talked about the definition of prayer. We've answered the issue of motivation in terms of answering the question, why pray? And then what is the role of the Trinity in our prayers. And I'm speaking of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that all three have a role when we pray. The Bible teaches us that we ought to pray to the Father. And the reason we pray to the Father is because He's sovereign, because He has a purpose for our lives, because He has a plan to accomplish His intended purposes for our lives, which ultimately is to conform us Into the image of his son. Our prayers are directed toward the Father, not toward an intercessor, not toward another human being, not toward an angel, but we pray to the Father because he's sovereign. Not only do we pray to the Father, but the Bible also tells us that we pray in the name of the Son or in the name of Jesus. And the reason that we pray in the name of Jesus is because it is Jesus who provides us access to the Father. Upon the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, the Bible says that the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, signifying that we now have access, that, that uh, the, the, the barrier has been removed between us and God. We no longer have to allow somebody to go to God on our behalf, that because of Jesus' We have access to the Father. We also pray in the name of Jesus because that signifies authority. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he said, All power or all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And Jesus has authority. We don't have the right to go to God on our own, but because of the authority of Jesus, we can go in his name. So we pray to the Father, but we pray in the name of the Son. And finally, the Bible tells us that we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture declares that we don't know how to pray as we should, but that we have a helper when we pray, and that is the Holy Spirit. He intercedes on our behalf, and he knows God's will for us. So the role of the Trinity is an important aspect to keep in mind when we pray, that we pray to the Father and not anyone else. We pray in the name of the Son, because Jesus provides both access and authority for us to approach God the Father. And we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, leaning and depending upon Him and trusting that He knows The will of God for our lives, and that He's even interceding on our behalf as we pray. So that's the role of the Trinity in our prayers. But then, how should we pray? You can find a lot of information about how we should pray. And I really want to steer clear from addressing the format of our prayers in terms of how to build a prayer. There's a lot already said about that topic, but I really want to take a step up and just talk about guiding principles to keep in mind when we pray. My fear is that we would get too caught up in the formalities, the format of prayer, the exact words that we should say, that we lose sight of the bigger picture in terms of these overarching principles of prayer. So I want to share a few of them with you. We should pray reverently. And by reverently, I mean that we should pray With a sense of respect and humility. Prayer is not trivial. And sometimes when it comes to prayer or just communicating with God or referring to God, it's often done in a trivial manner, referring to God in trivial terms. But prayer is not like that. We ought to pray reverently, with respect, with humility. It's not a trite thing we also ought to pray honestly. And by honestly, that's kind of the balance. On the one hand, we pray with respect, but on the other hand, we can be honest with God, honest with our thoughts, honest with our feelings, honest with our questions, honest with our concerns. The Bible says that God knows what we need even before we ask. He knows the conditions of our hearts even before we pray. And so we can come to God and honestly share with him what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what our desires are, what our concerns are, and God can receive our honesty even when it does not line up with his will. That's one of the great privileges of prayer, to be able to be honest with God. So we pray reverently, we pray honestly, but we should also pray submissively. And by submissively, I'm simply referring to praying with a readiness to align ourselves up and or ultimately to respond to God. We ought not ever come to God as if we have the final answer or we have the final word on whatever it is that we're praying about. Jesus gave us a prime example when he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. His prayer was a submissive prayer. It was honest, but at the end of his prayer, he was willing to submit to God through his prayer. So we pray reverently. We pray honestly. We ought to pray submissively. And then lastly, I want to say that we ought to pray continually to the point where prayer becomes normal and natural. Jesus says men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Prayer shouldn't stand out or uh, be something that we have to gear ourselves up for. It should become as normal and natural as breathing. So we've talked about prayer in terms of its definition. We've talked about the motivation to pray, talked about the role of the Trinity in our prayers, and then how we should pray. Last thing I want to briefly discuss, what are the results of prayer? What can we expect? take place when we engage in communication with God. Again, there's a lot to be said. I just want to highlight a few of the results of prayer that we can find in Scripture. The first is peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 say these words, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of the results of prayer is peace. Another one is forgiveness and cleansing of sin. Notice what First John 1 and 9 says. If we confess our sins, that's through prayer. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can you imagine that through praying, we can receive forgiveness for our sins, as well as being cleansed from our sins, all as a result of prayer? The next result of prayer I want to discuss is wisdom. James 1 and 5 says these words, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. The last result of prayer that I want to share with you today is power to destroy strongholds. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Allow me to conclude with a couple final thoughts on the topic of prayer. Prayer is a privilege. It ought not be taken for granted. It ought not be taken lightly. The fact that God allows us to enter into his presence. The fact that we have the opportunity uh, based upon the access and authority of Jesus Christ to not only enter into his presence, but to be heard by the God of creation and the God of redemption is one of the greatest privileges of being a Christian. Prayer is a privilege. Prayer is also personal. This is where uh, the notion of wanting to pray like other people really doesn't measure up to the guiding biblical principles of effective prayer. That we get to communicate To God, what's on our hearts, what's on our minds, what we worry about, what we're grateful for, what we need, what we don't understand. And it's all personalized to our lives and to the people with whom we are interceding for. Prayer is a privilege. Prayer is also personal. Also, I want to say that prayer is practical. It's not an engagement that is reserved for the spiritual elite or only for the pastor or the deacon of the local congregation. Prayer is something that every believer can do because all of us have the ability to communicate with God wherever we are, no matter what's going on around us. Prayer is practical. It's a privilege. It's personal. It's practical. And prayer, finally, is powerful. The impact, on our lives and upon our situations that can be brought about because we've taken the time to enter into communication with God. It's a powerful thing to be able to pray. The saying goes, prayer changes things. But not only is it powerful enough to change things, but prayer changes you and I. Let's end with a prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful privilege, this wonderful opportunity that you've made available for us to communicate with you. Lord, we understand that we are not worthy of our own. There's nothing that we have done that we could say we deserved to enter into your presence. We fall fall short, but it is amazing privilege, an act of grace and mercy brought about by Jesus Christ that allows us to be able to enter into your presence and communicate with you. Lord, I thank you for all of those that are listening to the broadcast on today. Most of them, I probably don't know who they are or where they reside, but I'm so grateful that you do, Lord, that they have made it a point to engage in this broadcast. And my prayer is that as a result, that they would be drawn closer to you, So bless them, Lord. Bless their lives, their families, their health, their finances, Lord, their relationship to you, their relationship to other people. Draw them closer to you. Communicate your love and the plans and purposes that you have for their lives and help them, Lord, to be better representatives for you. Lord, if there be any among us uh, that are listening to the broadcast that has not come to the point in their lives where they've decided to place their faith and trust in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray even on today that you would draw them to you and that they would surrender their lives unto you. Bless the work of this broadcast. Help it to accomplish your intended purposes for all those involved. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. That's all for today. Join us next time for another episode of Antioch Everywhere. If you'd like to join or support Antioch Everywhere, you can contact us through our church website, www.weareantiochomaha.org. And may the peace of God be unto you.